Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, great deals to be had, interest rates, and a fabulous service department as well. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Tony Knopp in a moment, but first our play-by-play call today. Mike Mascala gets it done for for uh, Oklahoma City. Nader spots up. Boy, had another good look. Offensive rebound, Muscala. He'll give the tie a try, and he's got it to tie things at 113. Basically tapped the hot hand. Sets it outside. Muscala lines it up for a three, and he knocks it down. Mike Muscala with a couple of big buckets for Oklahoma City in that one. Bucknell's own getting it done. Well, it is... Great to have with us uh, someone I can absolutely consider a friend. Uh, and it is, I don't care if it's good times or bad times, it's great to hear Tony Knopp on the other end, my friend. Hope you and yours are safe, sound, and well. We are. I'm glad to hear you guys are the same. We're, uh, we're a little removed from some of it. We're on the outskirts of Los Angeles, so hasn't. Everything's shut down as usual, and everybody's being safe. But uh, we haven't uh, our, our 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 community hasn't really felt the brunt of it yet, which is helpful. Yeah, no, no question. Here's been you know I know the students come back here, starting to come back next week, and classes begin a week from They're Monday. They're already back at USC and some of them at UCLA. Well, the concern, of course, here the numbers here have been actually really, really good, really good, mm-hmm. as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. But there's concern that once thirty some odd thousand are reintroduced, that's that concern. Let's see how it plays out. Let's talk about see how it plays out. We saw how it played out in the Big Ten. So from a network and from a business point of view, what is the potential financial damage and can if they do play any anything in the spring semester, can can it be made up for? So there, there's a couple thoughts on this. We have a lot of conversations around it. Um, it cannot be made up for and made whole in the spring semester. But there's a there's a belief, you know, between those who are writing big checks. You know, a lot of private equity, a lot of venture capital, a lot of people with billions of dollars on the sideline have been flocking towards sports, paying attention to trends like this, sports betting, et cetera. And one of the most common sayings you hear today in the boardroom is that COVID-19 is the great accelerant, right? A lot of people are talking about how it's going to create new markets. But a lot of the investors that are out there right now, and that's what's really driving a lot of the money behind, you know, the regional sports networks, the leagues, the commissioners, or the uh, conferences, et cetera, is that what COVID-19 is doing is it's taking 
trends that were about to happen and it's moving them faster. It's making it happen faster. So we were on the way to more people working from home and that's been accelerated. Now what's been talked about a lot with the college conferences and which ones are playing or not are, are two scenarios. One on the TV side, there's actually some benefit to it. Some, not a lot. But the way they're looking at it is now you're going to have two college football seasons. There's a, there is a chance that we have eight months of college football. And yes. if the NFL doesn't play on Saturday, which right now it looks like they're going to play on Saturday, but if the NFL doesn't play on Saturday, now if you're the Big Ten and much more so the Pac-12, who gets dominated by the SEC, Big Ten, Big Ten and uh, ACC, mm-hmm. but if you're, you don't compete with the SEC for eyeballs anymore. So if you're holding a contract for Big Ten football, you're a little bit curious to see what it looks like in the spring when your Ohio State-Penn State whiteout game isn't going up against Florida-Alabama or LSU-Georgia or you know Miami and Florida State or whatever that's out there. So they've talked about it really interesting in that way. But what comes up the most about the accelerants right now, and everybody's seeing it, you're seeing the article written in ESPN Today about NCAA leadership, is this discussion that college football was eventually going to move the way of the super conferences, moving away from the NCAA and creating their own league, so to speak, which is something that's been talked about in European football for a while. So nobody knows right now, but there's been a lot of people, and you and I have talked about this, who've been banging the drums for certain kinds of changes, and those changes are being sped up using the air cover of Look, we're no longer, there's an old thing, the innovator's dilemma, right, where you're, um, you're always focused on your past revenue, so it doesn't help you innovate for the future. There's a whole book written on it about IBM and the changes in technology. That's what's happened here. We're no longer reliant, we're no longer um, tied to our past revenue streams, so new things can happen. And that's what's going to be really interesting, because think about this, Steve. How great a content is it going to be for you if Penn State runs the table in the spring, whips Ohio State at home in the whiteout game, and wins the second national championship, and now we get to talk about who's better, the fall national champion or the spring one right. for the rest of time. Right. Exactly. And we haven't seen that since Washington and Miami split the title in 1991. Right. And you know what's interesting? You might, I'm just sure you brought up IBM, because I've talked about this before. It's interesting how people who are immersed in a business where it's considered to be their area of expertise get so immersed in it that suddenly Apple and Microsoft blow them away because they weren't thinking outside the box. And that has happened with other businesses. To be honest with you, this has happened at times with ESPN, in my opinion. Absolutely. We're the worldwide leader in sports. We're the sports experts. Then you start asking yourself, why are you making the decisions you make for the people that are the experts? And it's amazing you can be so immersed that you can't see the forest from the tree sometime in your own business. And that's, I mean, that's the story of ESPN, right? He bought airtime to to put on high school sports. And the only reason (laughs) he made it a 24-hour network is because they gave him such a big discount because they had so much inventory. He just wanted to buy two- and three-hour slots. I know. They gave him 24 hours, and he put everything on, and it disrupted everything because it accelerated our move towards, well, we want to consume sports content 24 hours a day, right? Well, you know what else I like? I don't mind playing college football eight months a year. That sounds like fun to me. You know, a spring tailgate, 
sounds okay if you find a way to make that work. It's also a situation where, you know, we're going to see a lot more movement towards unionization of players, player, and, you know, and all this discussion is about player safety. You and I both know this has nothing to do with player safety. This is about money, and <laughs> and that's what they're trying to. Because if it wasn't about money, Nebraska would be playing in the Big Twelve right now, right? There's just no question that they would have said we're going to go play in the Big Twelve. And it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens over the next four or five months because these, a lot of these state institutions are publicly funded institutions. So Congress is going to get involved. And they're going to come in and get involved, and it's going to be even more political than we've seen so far. So long answer short, spring cannot make up for what they lose in fall, but it will create a unique opportunity for the media to cover this for quite a long time as this outlier year that we had. I just wonder how it's going to play out with speeding up, paying the players, creating a union for the players, right. that sort of thing. I'll get to that in a moment because I was talking uh, earlier today about a spring semester season. And say, for example, you start January's 22nd. Well, that's a Saturday before the AFC-NFC championship game. The next week's the yep. Pro Bowl. That's your, that's your weekend. You don't think people mm-hmm. want to watch college football on the Saturday before the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's you're right. And high, and high ratings, going. and it's a great yep. time of year, right? Yeah. And and exactly. look, think about a, you know, whiteout tailgate in early March, right? Leading towards the yep. national championship game in May. That'd be exciting. I don't think it's a it's a common thing. I don't think it's something they're going to do, you know, in the future. But <laughs> no. you know, right? No, I'm, I just, I'm disappointed you. for you guys. We were talking about it before we got on because. There are teams out there right now who are well set up. Penn State was one of those teams. I mean, you guys have a generational linebacker there this year. You guys have a quarterback who has experience when a lot of Big Ten quarterbacks don't. Right. You have Ohio State at home. Um, this is one of those years that there's a number of teams out there that it's just, it's, you know, I'm not saying they should play or shouldn't. I'm not going to pine on that. It's just disappointing for those kids who put the work in because, you know, you guys were a legitimate national title champion or contender this year. No question. I know just something Jack Ham and I have talked about. We know how good this team is, and we wanted to yeah. see them get a chance to do it. Now, again, this is all out of anybody's control. I'm not being critical of anybody's decisions here of by a long shot. I want to get to the unionization part. I mean, you're right there in the heart of Pac-12 country. Oof. The Big Ten, the Big, <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten players. Now, when they put out their demands, the only one I looked at and said, "Oh, they want free BTN for their parents." All right, okay. Uh, but they didn't get into money. Pac-12 did, and I also do know that the driving force behind the Pac-12 group is the same individual who was the driving force behind the attempted unionization at Northwestern in 2014. All right. Yep. So, okay. Uh, see, we always follow this stuff. That's why we know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what what can if any, because they're not fond of Larry Scott, I can tell you that. Uh, the, no, the they are group. not. So, what can, what kind of perspective can you lend on a the group and b the leverage they have or don't have? Um, here's the problem that they're going to have in the Pac-12. There's a reason Ed O'Bannon and the O'Bannon case was tried or, or attempted to be tried repeatedly in California. Right. right. As much as we don't want any of this to come down to politics, it all comes down to politics, right? And the reality is the Pac-12 is going to get a far more favorable labor law, labor court, labor, you know, 
Supreme Court of the state of California than you're going to get in most Big Ten states. And the ninth, and, 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 and right? in all in all political fairness, just so everyone knows that we have a handle on what's going on with this, the Ninth Circuit Court's in California. Yep, Ninth Circuit's in California. The Ninth Circuit's usually one that tends to lean very far that direction, right? When it comes yes. to labor rights, when it comes to union rights, and it comes. That's why most of those cases end up. You try to get it in the Ninth Circuit, right? There's a judge right. in Long Beach. People try to get into. There's a couple of others up north. So there's a lot more leverage for the Pac-12 than there is the SEC, than there is the Big Ten, you know, than there is the Big 12. Because the reality is, and you can just look at the labor laws in those areas, we do business in all those different states. And it's fundamentally different, the kind of rights that an employee has in Arizona, Texas, New York, or California, right? So this is gonna be played out in New York or California because New York and California are gonna be the ones that are likely gonna give the players some kind of rights. The problem there is these are state institutions that are tied together by uh, conferences. They're not tied together by a central league, right? The NCAA is an oversight league. If the Pac-12 players somehow pull this off and then try to spread this to other conferences, they're not going to have any luck. That's the problem with it. So they have leverage. They have a ton of leverage in the fact that Larry Scott is basically a, uh, what did they call those, the dead duck, uh, the Senate, when you're serving your Senate term before lame, you're lame, already been voted duck. out. Lame duck. Lame, he's a lame, lame duck. duck commissioner right now. Uh, everybody knows he's out. There's already been rumors about him getting bought out a year before his contract is up. All it's going to do, honestly, is further damage the conference and make it even more irrelevant. The battle has to come from the SEC or Big Ten, and unfortunately, I think the players there realize that if they take that to court, it's an eight- to ten-year battle like the O'Bannon case was, and they're going to be long gone by the time that happens. There was a Clemson player who pushed for this uh, four or five years ago, and then Real Sports actually did an entire piece on him uh, when he tried to do it. He was a running back who got injured repeatedly and tried to mm-hmm. sue for, um, I forget what, what, what law he sued under, but he was trying to find a way to get reparations, so to speak, for the, the money that he had missed because of his injuries for those three years playing for Clemson. Yeah, and there's also um, Nigel Hayes of Wisconsin. That's had right. Put his name had put his name on a suit. Now the key is the reason that they put their name on the suit. You can only do it if you're an active player at the time. So Na- Nigel yep. Hayes had to withdraw his name from the suit once he graduated from Wisconsin, yep. and then somebody else had to put their name on there. These are all things that a lot of people don't realize, Tony. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's so much bureaucracy in front of it that the reality is. You know, in most lawsuits, people try to bury you in paperwork and drag the case out. But here, it really is only impacting these young men and women for four years of their lives. That's their amateur career, sometimes five years. And if they get an injury um, exemption, sometimes six, and then they move on. Right? And then it's going to be very difficult for them to understand what kind of damages there are. So they're fighting on behalf of the people behind them. And it's incredibly unlikely that they're going to get some kind of payout like the NFL Players Association did for the CED issues because there's no centralized form of government, right? The NCAA is going to kick it to the conference. The conference is going to kick it to the teams and say, we pull this all together. Where's the money coming from? And what's going to end up happening is a very similar decision to what happened in the O'Bannon case, right? EA Sports is just going to say, forget it. We aren't going to do it then. All right, so... First of all, how have you know we we see the NHL in a bubble, Major League Baseball, the NBA, 
MLS is now going to attempt to do with the what Major League Baseball is doing. They start they're playing now. MLS in, in had home. fans last night. They had yeah, two thousand fans at the uh, Frisco FC Dallas Frisco. game last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frisco they played uh, Nashville and Dallas played last night. Um, how have the ratings been for the return of sports? Have they been as strong as the networks had hoped? Have been good? Okay. The interesting thing is the ratings have been very strong from almost all the sports except for the NBA. And nobody understands why. It's, I have a theory. Wow. It's totally anecdotal. But golf ratings, for example, are through the roof from where they've been over the last five years. And my theory is more people are playing golf. You know, yeah. a lot of families, they, they're, they're watching what they're playing. At least that's the case with my kids, right? If, you're between yeah. five, if you have somebody in the home between 5 and 17 years old, if they're playing baseball, they want to watch baseball. If they're in basketball season, they watch basketball. Nobody's in basketball season right now. Right. So NBA ratings have not been doing great, but it's doing well enough to meet their network obligations to move them forward to next year. The bigger problem here, Steve, is that, you know, we're going to have massive – there's a lot of, I'd say, ignorant optimism that all of this is going to be fine in a couple of months and we're going to have a vaccine and things are going to go back to normal. But the reality is we're going to have massive labor strife in – in the NBA and in the NFL, because what happens to the salary cap next year and the following? Right. It's going right. to go There's down. There's going to be a massive cut, right? So yep. if you follow the letter of the law and just do what Rob Manfred did originally and said, hey, I'm just going to demand a season because I have it in writing, you know, that's the problem with the contract is everybody always falls to the lowest common denominator, and that's generally what the contract is. They have a contract that enables them to cut their salary cap by, I mean, it'd be 40% next year. So what happens? Are we going to have massive labor stoppages? Are the networks going to step in and say, we already took a pounding on this. There's no way there's going to be labor stoppages. There's just so much pressure on everybody to come back with less that's out there, even though the ratings look good right now. Right. And ratings are nice. TV money's nice. The NBA TV money is a much larger chunk than it is baseball and soccer. But these teams are, are losing ticket and revenue every single day sponsorships premium suites all that stuff yeah. that goes around day of game stuff and it's just it's they're getting what, devastated what is what does baseball lose what 600,000 a game does that sound it's right absurd. it's absurd how much they lose I, I i was reading the other day that in the new stadium in texas it's like eight hundred fifty thousand dollars or something per game and the response is oh. oh just have the billionaire pay for it have you know tillman for tea to pay for what's happening with the houston rockets you know we're blessed in a way that we know some billionaires here that we work with. You know, they don't just have billions of dollars sitting around. It's in something yeah. else that also has gone down. They have to get to it. And so there's just this belief, I think, that there's we're going to get back to that state, and we're not. I think, I think next year is going to be very interesting. And hopefully it accelerates change in a positive way, right? We get to a situation where maybe the players have a little bit more say, and they extend the rights because they just give players the rights to make money off of their own um, endorsements, off their own likeness. Maybe they extend that right. Right? Maybe we find a new way to to uh, deal with out-of-conference games and schedules. And that's where, that all would be very exciting. But in the meantime, we just got to find a way to get the players to play. And yeah. the players are not going to forget, especially in baseball, what just happened with their last negotiation with baseball. Oh, no, they will not. You and I both know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> next, year is, next year is going to be, because it runs out December 1st next year. It does. Tony? Too long, my friend. It's been too yeah, long. Yeah, I miss you guys. I, I'd say I'll be coming out to see you guys, but that's not happening anytime soon, unfortunately. So hopefully we get to chat again. 
I think we'll chat again probably in another month. How about that? You want to make that happen? Yeah, I'm in. Let's, Let me know. I, I'm in. You know, we, we, we need to do this every few weeks because uh, it's, it, it gives everybody a different perspective and baseline to work with as to what's happening. Uh, to you and that wonderful, to you and that wonderful family of yours, and they are wonderful. And I've had the privilege of meeting his wife. Uh, you and I <laughs> have something very much in common. Married way above ourselves. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, please, I always fixed my coverage. You got a ring on it as fast as I could. <laughs> but to you and that great family of yours, please stay safe and sound. And we'll talk in just a few uh, short weeks. Okay. You too, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks. The great Tony Knopp. Next half hour, Rich Scarcella. As the hits keep on coming, uh, we got a lot to talk about, and we'll continue to have a lot to talk about. The ACC presidents and chancellors are meeting. Their meeting is scheduled to begin in three and a half minutes. In all likelihood, to reaffirm that they are playing in the fall, but we'll wait for them to make an official announcement. I'm going to talk to Matt about something I want to do coming out of the next half hour. All right. We'll take a break back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors. There's still a lot of summer left. But time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just listen. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trading value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discount. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, to dealer or go to kia.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. That's, does that go to an operator, or does Pence answer it, or how does it work? Good question. The phone number? I, I'm just asking. Lawrence would know. We'll have to ask that tomorrow on On the Mark. I'm just curious. I mean, it goes by fast enough. I didn't quite uh, get the entire number down. All right. All right. Um, Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. The Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. There's always, there's been a lot about heroes lately, and it's always great when you can figure out who somebody's hero happens to be. McKenzie, you, sir, are my hero. Along with the suit. <laughs> A message from this station and the Ad Council. All right, so. <laughs> <sighs> I 
suit. You are our hero. Well, you know what that means. Now I got to go see Father Daddy and confess it. All right. <laughs> All right. With that, we bring in Rich Scarcello, my good friend from. The Redding Eagle, and it's uh, one of the part of the bummer of all this. I don't get to see a great guy like Rich all the time. Rich, hope everything's going great for you. Steve, it's great to hear your voice. Great to be on the show. But I don't know if I'm the biggest Packers or Yankees fan in the state. Ooh. But I'm pretty big. I'm, I, I, I I'm pretty big. Pretty loyal. Let's just say that. I don't know. Although a friend of mine texted me today and. He at one point, in fact, I believe they still have a share of Packers stock here in State College. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, what was your reaction when uh, the final decision was announced by the Big Ten? Well, there, there, there were a lot of things that were going on in my mind, but uh, I, I wrote a column, um, I wrote a news story and then it, for Wednesday's paper and a column for today's paper. Um. I'm not a physician or a trainer. I don't have any, any medical background. Um, I'm not going to say whether the decision was right or wrong because I don't know. Okay, I completely under I, I completely understand why it was made. Um, they didn't want. They thought the risk was too great. They didn't want the liability or having the death of even one athlete from the coronavirus on their hands. And I get it. I, I completely understand. And they were in a no-win situation because mm-hmm. if they voted in favor of allowing the fall season to be played, um, they'd be accused of being money grabbers and putting financial ramifications ahead of the health and safety of the athletes. And now, of course, they're being hammered by those who say, hey, you've crushed the dreams of all these athletes and you know, you're know, you awful. So it, it, I, I understand it was a no-win situation. That doesn't lessen the fact that this is just utterly devastating to kids, college college athletes at Big Ten institutions, um, especially they, they're going to, you know, it, there's a good chance they're going to lose a year here. Um, and, you know, at Penn State for football, and that's the team I cover, this team had a chance to do special things. The way it was assembled before Micah Parsons opted out and before others may opt out, we don't know that yet. Right. Um, but but the but the point is, it's it's devastating, just like it was devastating, and you know this better than anybody, for the Penn State men's basketball team mm-hmm. to back in March. They're going to be invited. They're going to get a, a berth in the NCAA tournament for the first time in whatever how many years I'm forgetting. But and 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 I'm sure they were just crushed um by that news and it it stinks it's you know i i I hate it i hate the fact that we're sitting here on august 13th and we're still dealing with the same covid19 issues that we were dealing with on march 13th yeah i hate it i can't stand it so that 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 I mean, I have a lot of other thoughts, but they're my they're my main thoughts, Steve. Right. No, and I understand. I understand that. How important, in your opinion, is the NFL, ACC, SEC, Big Twelve? In if they have the ability to quote pull this off, mm-hmm. what can that then do for the confidence of the Big Ten and the Pac twelve that okay, you can move forward and do it. 
in terms of it's, spring. Yeah, playing yeah. playing playing spring semester. Yeah. It's not great, playing right, the spring. Good, great, great point. That's what I've used to the spring semester. Um, you know, I think that would give them confidence. I don't know how much that would affect their decisions. I mean, forget the NFL because they can put they are like like Kevin Moore, the commissioner of the Big Ten, said. I one thing I would agree with him on: you're dealing with professional athletes in the NFL, amateur athletes in college. So you can you can do what the NHL and and the NBA have done, and you can sort of keep players in a bubble with the NFL. But I'll address your other, your other point, your other question: Big Twelve, SEC, and ACC. If they get through a season with very very with very limited um, positive cases and no deaths, because um, then then the Big Ten and and the Pac-12 will receive criticism from from those who think they should have played. Um, but if one player in those three conferences, one athlete, dies, then I think that changes everything. That changes the perception of everything. That, well, And I'm sure the big people in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 office are not sure. hoping for that. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... You know, they they just didn't feel like it was worth the risk, and I understand that. Oh, and I understand it too. That's why the tenor of what I was discussing, Rich, is say they're able to do it and they're able mm-hmm. to, to pull it off. I think that gives you confidence. Okay, well, that, you know, those three different entities from all over the country mm-hmm. were able to do it. Quote, we can do it too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I wouldn't mind seeing that. I just don't know. Steve, you know this is the other the other thing, and nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. But the other thing, and I and I, I think that it would give them confidence if if they get off, if they pull this off, it would give them confidence. But how do you say that as the Big Ten will just treat will deal with the Big Ten? Sure, we're making this decision for the health, safety, and welfare of our student athletes, and then turn around and play two football seasons. In ten months, and I don't know how. I'm sure it won't be twelve games each each season. Is that safe? I don't know. Is, is it, you know, are we looking out for the health, safety, and welfare of our athletes if we do that? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's interesting because I know I, that's been brought up. Number one, you and I both know this. It doesn't. You know, we talk to enough players. What they love to do is they love to play. Oh, the players! Yeah, yeah they want they want to play. Right. Sure, they, absolutely. They yes. they love yeah. to play. I mm-hmm. think it's it's up to everybody to then figure out um, a way where there's enough time between the two seasons mm-hmm. that allows healing, and then enough to tone up and work and get ready for the next season. And I think mm-hmm. that can be done anyway because you wouldn't have spring practice, for example. Mm-hmm. That 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 would be eliminated. So you already have that's already baked into the cake to begin with. Uh, that's a case of what fifteen practices, three scrimmages. So I mean, you'd be talking about five more beyond the three scrimmages you have. If, yeah, if I, you played eight, you know. I know. I know. Uh, Purdue coach Brian Brom put out a plan today. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand it. And I I give it. I, I by the way, I give him a lot of credit because he's looking ahead. He's not looking back. Right. And he's. I give him a lot of credit in trying to to salvage something here. I understand. I, I just don't. I just don't know. Like I. I don't know. You know. I've. I've. I mean. The same thing with COVID. I've heard from different experts saying, um, it's safe to do that. 
and I've heard it from others who say it's medical people say it's not safe to do that to play so many games in such a in, in a short period of time. I don't have an answer. I know um, I would I'm I'm I'm, I'm as a per, from a selfish standpoint and a personal standpoint. Uh, it's this is a big letdown. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'm sure it is for you and and for so many others mm-hmm. of us who cover college football. Um, so do I want to see them play? I would love to see them play. I just don't know. I, and I hear what you're saying, but I just don't know if that's um, if that's possible. And if if you're putting the health and safety of your athletes ahead of everything else, right? Uh, the uh, when you look at. Obviously, the makeup of this team, you, you don't know, for example, Micah Parsons mm-hmm. made his decision as to what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, the, the let's start with this, starting with a fall practice. Instead of spring practice in October, let him have a fall practice, 10 to 15 mm-hmm. practices over a 30-day sure. period. What about that as a starting point? Oh, I can see that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think... From what I understand, and I could be wrong, that they're allowed, they're going to be allowed 20-hour weeks like they would. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I could, and, and, and like, at a, I'm just, we're going with Penn State here. At Penn State, where the parents have said to me that they they have 100% confidence in that they're do, Penn State officials are doing everything they can to keep their players safe, sure. Um, you know, sure, if you want to practice, go ahead. You know, then you but then you throw in Steve the um, arrival of the general student population yes. on the campus. That's another X factor, and mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to affect. But yeah, can I see them practicing in the fall? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Penn State has had three cycles. Or I check it. I'm sorry. Four cycles mm-hmm. of testing that they've announced. In, okay. th- in three of the four, there were zero positives. There was one that had eight. So the other the other ones had zero positives. So they did uh-huh. 560 tests, yep. eight positives. That's yep. a 1.4 percent positivity rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that tell you about uh, the organization, the student athletes, and their dedication to what they were right. doing, and also the protocols that were put yeah. in place? Yeah, from from what I'm hearing, from what I've heard, is that Penn State has taken great lengths not only in time and effort, but financially to keep athletes safe, particularly on the football team, because they're the people that I've, you know, folks that I've been talking to. Um, I I don't think there's any doubt that Penn State has done everything it possibly can to keep athletes safe, football players. Um, I, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, I think it also speaks, Steve, to um, this particular football team that they hold each other accountable. Yes. And you don't have, like, <laughs> you know, there are other places that that may not be the case, but it's pretty, it's very clear that that's happened to Penn State, that, that, that players are holding each other accountable. And... Um, for, you know, and, and and obviously the only other, I think Michigan had great numbers as well. They did. They had great numbers. You know, very very low uh, positivity rate. So yeah, I, I but it, but if you, you ask me about Penn State and, and Penn State, yeah, from from everything that you read and hear, um, I think they've done an outstanding job. 
but and that's probably what frustrates them the most. Um, you know, the whether it's Sandy Barber, or whether it's James Franklin, or the, the medical staff, or the players, I'm sure that's what frustrates them the most that they felt safe. The player, I know the players felt safe. It's pretty clear, but if you look on social media, um, so you know that's I'm sure that's what's um, further disappointed them. Uh, what do you know, if anything, about the PIAA level? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> well, that says it all. Let's go to the next yeah, question. <laughs> that's a, no, 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 no. No, you're. I, uh, I was, I was sort of on the PAAA watch and the local high school watch last week because of vacations, and um, I know, I know there's a lot of frustration here in Berks County with the athletic among the athletic directors, and I know there is. I can tell. I haven't spoken to anybody. At the PIAA, I, I my initial reaction last week was I I felt when the PIAA said we're gonna we're gonna try to talk to Governor Wolf and we're gonna make a decision in two weeks, uh, I thought they were kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, probably was a little unfair to them. Um, they felt that they were caught completely off guard by Governor Wolf's statement last year or last year, last week. Right. And I see he's he's made another statement today that I only made a recommendation. Yes. Not, not, and and so... Which, by the way, is to his credit, because everybody knows I get into politics zero here. Yeah, and same actually, here. And, I, and to be honest with you, I pointed out they said there was a recommendation. It was not an order. And actually, right. so what he is saying is actually factually correct. Right. And I don't want. And I'm I'm the same way, by the way. Yeah. In politics. Um. So I, you know, what I'm hearing here in Berks County, um, they met the the uh, athletic association met on Tuesday. I, I I'm hearing that they're going to at least try to go on with golf, tennis, and cross country. And they're not sure about the others, the contact sports. I know football, the football teams down here, um, they're rearranging schedules because it looks like they're they're not going to. They're, they're definitely not going to play ten games. So I don't know if it's going right. to be somewhere between six and eight. District three, where Berks County is located, came out earlier this week, and they're going to have a a, um, a reduced playoff field for the fall sports mm-hmm. again if it's allowed to go on. So. I hope so for for not only for the athletes and the coaches and parents involved. I hope there's a there's a safe way that they could find a safe way to do this. Um, I also hope for the for people like me and other people who cover sports that they're going to have something to write about in the fall. All right. Uh, your Yankees are good, by the way. Well, they they're good. But they also they're they're two biggest guys, and I mean six six and six seven. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are both uh, nursing injuries, but we'll see if Judge plays tomorrow night. He, they Boone claims that he rested him last night, but uh, we'll see. But they're pretty good, yeah. Cole makes them a lot better, and yeah, uh, because he'll stop any losing streak. I mean, he, yeah, he, I mean he's yeah. a, he's a stopper yeah. at the front of the rotation. Yeah, yeah. Cole Cole was that was yeah. I mean. 
you know, their their bullpen's a little shaky right now without Chapman. Everybody's um, is. Yeah, yeah that's who, for sure. who has a bullpen? Nobody does. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk talk to the Phillies. Oh, I know. Here. Aaron Nola goes eight innings, gives up a yeah. run, and yeah. now they're warming up the yeah. closer. <laughs> yeah, but Steve, I I gotta say this, and you know, this relates to everything. I enjoy like last night here. The Phillies were on. The 76ers were on. Flyers were on. Yes. And they're all playing. They're not playing in front of crowds. And it, you know what? I don't. I don't care. No, I neither do I. I'm watching, and I did. You know, and I, I, I wasn't sure how interested I would be, but I'm interested for sure. No, yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I watched some of the Flyers game last night, and then you know a little bit of the you know uh, of, the, of the Phillies too, mm-hmm. um, and I've had a chance to watch your team. By the way, Mike Trout may be the best player. Aaron Judge is the sport's most indispensable player. He is the one guy that brings people, though, I think, that makes people go, yeah. uh, hey, he's up. I think I'll watch this. Yeah. Trout is so good. I mean, he is great. He's doing Trout's right awesome. Now, yeah. And, yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, I heard a discussion, I guess, a week ago some, on some talk show, and, and it's true. Like, you just wish he. He'd be playing for a better team, and, and maybe they will be better in time. You know, with Joe, Joe there, you know, maybe you know, give them time. But you know, if he was on uh, the Yankees or the Red Sox, oh my goodness! Oh, I mean, yeah. Joe Madden must love him. I mean, really? You, yeah. That, by yeah. the way, he said Joe. That's who he was referring to. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have. Said, oh yeah. no, that's my job. I can yeah. do that. I can fill in the blanks. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it 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 it's good. I mean, I I, I like. I like at least the fact that I can watch sports. And, and by the way, in the other sporting event that I, we didn't get a chance to talk about was the PGA Championship Sunday, and I was riveted to the TV for four and a half hours, yeah. and it was, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. And again, another young player, yeah. Morikawa. Yeah. I mean, you get to the 14th hole, and you look around and say, now, I see. I, I think that's been one of the great items of late in the last decade or so, putting the drivable par four mm-hmm. risk reward mm-hmm. somewhere in there, and that was it. And it turned out to be the pivotal hole. I mean, he not only drives it, but he sinks the putt. Yeah. And not only that, he has his degree from Cal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. High four, School of Business. Yeah. Four-time All-American. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, he's it's a great story, and he and he's. I mean, he's his swing Oof. is beautiful, and it's you know I've read stuff that said like it's it's as it's as perfect as any, and um, he seems to have the right temperament too. That's the thing that struck me um, earlier this year watching him, and and he and it really showed Sunday. I didn't think he would crumble, no. and he didn't. He you know he rose. He 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 was. He he looks like uh, it looks like he's got a very special career ahead of him. Um, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that watching and, him. And as Burks Kepko would say, yeah, he's got one like Dustin. All right, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Brooks. <laughs> that's Brooks. <laughs> Always a pleasure, no matter the circumstance. Thanks so much, Rich. Really appreciate you a lot. Anytime, Steve. Hope you stay well. Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Today, our thanks to Rich Scarcello, Reading Eagle. Our thanks to Tony Knopp and Dave Hunsinger, the play by play voice of Oklahoma State football and basketball. 
for joining us on the show today. Today's show has been brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. 